hello everyone and welcome to the Truth Will Set Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones and we're transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv as well as tweetcasting.tv and our various networks. It's great to be here with every one of you. We ask that you keep us in prayer for today's program as we're going to be talking about the mighty angel who bound the devil for a thousand years in Revelation chapter 20. And of course, we would encourage you to text in your questions or your comments. Those of you who would like to participate in today's program, the local number is 321-363-8463 or 321-END-TIME, as well as 305-992-9537. We're very excited about today's program. And before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word with Pastor Vic. And I just thank you, Lord, for the love you've given us. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you'll open up the... Uh, the hearts and minds of people listening and watching so that we may know you better. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and your prayers. Amen. 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 Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Revelation chapter 20, talking about the mighty angel who bound the devil for a thousand years. Hey, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information here on twave.tv. And of course, if you find yourself in any one of these areas, this Sunday, drop in and say hello to them and be part of their services. Also, we'd love to encourage those of you that are watching and listening. If you would like to be a prayer partner for our ministry, we'd love for you to call us and let us know that you would like to join us by being one of our prayer partners. We are in need of individuals to be able to intercede and pray for our programs as well as the guests and also our network. So we invite you to join us and be one of our prayer partners. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on the program again. Hey, great to be on, brother. I really appreciate these series of, of interviews, and especially the topic, the Angels of Revelation. This is a, I'm just having a good time, and it's such a unique approach to Revelation. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, I am so glad, Nathan, and also thank you for uh, taking the time to go through this very exciting journey with me. Because every week, it's just an excitement to see what the Holy Spirit is going to show us. So I thank you for being part of that. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and also, Nate, uh, and again, just briefly, as we often do every week, just in case we have someone that is new to our program or tuning in or listening in, maybe they don't know much about Lamb and Lion Ministry. Can you share with us your contact information and just how people can get a hold of your resources? Well, certainly. Uh, again, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm an uh, evangelist and web minister with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you can check us out at our website at lamblion.com. And there we have a bunch of, uh, tons of resources, uh, especially from our founder and director, Dr. David Reagan. We have our television show, Christ and Prophecy, articles, newsletters, blogs, uh, online resources like store items you can purchase, if you name it, we've got it. We want to teach you Bible prophecy and get me excited about the soon return of Jesus Christ. Ooh, that is absolutely awesome. Thank you, Nathan. And for those of you that are watching us live, you can see that information there in the back screen and their website and just a lot of wonderful resources. Thank you so much, Nate. So, Nathan, talk to me. What's new in Texas this week? There's always something good going on in Texas. I don't know. It's a straight week of 100-degree weather that's not nice for good. Uh, I'll trade you and go down to Miami. I'm sure you live in paradise. <laughs> Are you serious? It's 100 degrees over there? Oh, that's a normal day for summertime. It's been a good summer with all the rain. And, right. You know, if you've been right. following the news, how bad it is on the West Coast. Yes. We're done with our own drought here. Praise the Lord. We brought all the rain and brought it back in plenty, and we just praise the Lord for it. 
Oh, you know, Nathan, that's awesome. Here in Florida, we're also getting a little bit of rain because our humidity is not as hot, but it's very uh, humid here. Yeah, you tell me August is a bad month for Miami, isn't it? Yeah, this is the this is the month that everybody avoids in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would gladly take your August in Miami for our August here in Dallas. Oh, absolutely! After what you just told me, Nathan, that that's pretty uh, that's pretty hot over there. So I'm so. What are you gonna do when you go to heaven? And you're in heaven, and it's not too different than Miami. <laughs> It's not going to be much of an upgrade for you. <laughs> not much. Well, I think in heaven they'll have less humidity. I think that's what Oh, it, okay. <laughs> that's how it works. Well, we, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are anticipating seeing heaven very soon, Nathan, the way things are going, right? And Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, of course, we never know when we might have to go home and be with the Lord. But, uh, wow, the way the signs of the times are coming together is called convergence. Yes. We're converging much more rapidly and quickly towards the Lord's return. And that's a terrible and frightening time, but also an exciting time. There we know that the world is going to change and change for the better. Yes. And Nathan, I don't know about you, but I'm just noticing more and more there seems to be so much more discouragement all around us. And this is why we want to encourage anyone listening, anyone watching. It is so important for us to stay encouraged in the Word of God. Right, Nathan? Yes, it's very important we stay in our Bibles because our Bibles give us hope. We have yes. hope for today and we have hope for the future. And the Lord gives us a great hope for eternity. And yes. we need to stay in that to, to keep our eyes focused on the big picture, to not get down with all the little events that are going on around us right. and the horrible things that are going on around the world. We get excited about the, Jesus Christ and what he's doing in the lives and hearts of people. The church continues to march on across the planet. People are getting saved. And uh, that's what should be our focus, and we should keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. E excellent point, and I agree with you, Nathan, because I, I really I realize that uh, the only hope that we have is the Lord. And uh, I think it's so exciting, though, for us to focus on the opportunities that we do have before us, because we know that there will be an end uh, to the ruler of this world, as we're going to notice today. In Revelation chapter 20 and that should excite those listening and those watching because there there's definitely hope right Nathan I'm impressed that's a wonderful segue right into Revelation 20 because you're right you went through some awful times between Revelation 4 and up through 19 it's called the tribulation seven years of God's judgment poured out upon the world most of the world population destroyed most of the ecology of the world destroyed and the Lord passed 21 judgments down upon this world through angels, through angelic messengers. We read about 72 different references to angels, as well as references to demons. And now, brother, we are in Revelation 20, and let the good news begin. That's right. Let her roll. Will you open us up, Nathan? Okay. Uh, what section would you like to read first? One through three? Yeah, let's do that. One through three. That would be fantastic. All right. Revelation chapter 20, verses one through three. Then I saw an angel. Here we go again. Another angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so they should not deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Woo! Now, and that's what we talked about, the good news. I mean, I know we struggle. We know there's a spiritual battle. We know that this earth, the difficulties that await us here. Uh, but here, we've, there's good news, Nathan. There, there's hope. 
we see here that that individual that has caused so much problems and his demons will be put away. Right. And we're given a, a picture of two different angels here. We've got, of course, an angel that comes down from heaven. And to be an angel and take on Satan right. must mean that this angel is incredible. Maybe it's even Michael the archangel himself. Uh, probably not since, since uh, John here knows who Michael is yet here he's not saying oh that's Michael the Archangel but whoever this angel is to take on Satan Satan is the yeah. supreme of all the angelic realm that God created he is uh, pictured as a dragon an incredible yeah. fierce dragon that's beautiful and covered in jewels and light and all but also the most evil creature that ever was and so this angel either God weakened Satan uh, when Jesus came and, and defeated Satan's army or this angel is, uh, again, a mighty angel enough to take a chain. And he actually wraps a chain around Satan. And he casts him down into this great bottomless pit, which we read back in Revelation yes. 16, the bottomless pit where all the demons have been held and will come out during those bold judgments. And there Satan will be sent for 1,000 years. And it says here six times, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand. Mm -hmm. For 1,000 years, Satan will be put into this pit where he can no longer deceive the nation. This man is a major victory. Isn't that amazing, Nathan? And that's why people need to recognize, hey, we do have the victory, and God is doing some awesome things. The Bible also tells us in Romans chapter 16 how soon we're going to, again, the Lord is going to put his foot on the enemy, and he's going to be done with. And I just love this passage, Nathan, because that brings us hope uh, uh, for people watching and listening to see, hey, we're going through a difficult time now, but it will end. It does have an end. God loves to tell us how the story ends. 31% of the Bible is Bible prophecy. God is always telling people how the story is going to end. And here we get to see that no matter how Satan seems to be taking more control of the world right, right. now, as the world seems to get more and more immoral and bankrupt, both spiritually and economically and in every way, and it seems like Satan's kingdom is growing, and certainly during the tribulation, Satan will be directly ruling through the Antichrist during that time. And yet we see now we're at the end of these seven years. Jesus Christ has returned. 500 verses in the uh, Old Testament and 1 in 25 in the New say that Jesus Christ is coming back. And when Jesus Christ comes back, it means the end of Satan and his empire. Absolutely. And Nathan, in a way, I know this might be uh, a little difficult for people to understand, but in a way... Because things are getting worse and worse, it really is bringing us more closer to hope because we know this is coming to an end. Right, right. We're getting to that dark part. You know, you can wake up at 4 in the morning right. and everything's getting really dark and extra dark and miserable and you don't want to be awake at 4 in the morning. And you know, that terrible feeling you sometimes get when you have to wake up at that time. We're getting to that time. We're, we're, we're approaching midnight here. 11.59, Jesus Christ is coming back to the church. He's going to rapture us up to heaven. And then those dark hours of the night in human history will be coming on this earth. But once that's over, the dawn comes, Jesus Christ returns, and Satan is finally defeated. Not totally defeated, as we'll read a little later, but he is defeated at least for 1,000 years. Exactly. And you know, Nathan, and this is why here in the Bible... Rarely do we find the mention of a thousand literal years, but that's where we find here, right? The millennium. Right, and people say, well, how do we know that Jesus Christ is going to rule the earth for a thousand years? Now, throughout the Bible, it talks about his kingdom. There's all sorts of references to the kingdom of God. 
And that's gotten people confused between the spiritual kingdom, which he ushered in through the church, right. and an actual, literal, physical kingdom where he rules and reigns from Jerusalem for a certain amount of time. It isn't until we get to Revelation 20 do we find out that that time period covers a thousand years. Yes. Now, it doesn't just say a thousand years once. It says a thousand years six times in Revelation 20. So I'm pretty sure that when God says <laughs> one thousand years, he's not talking about a spiritual thousand years or that we're living in the millennial kingdom now. We're talking about a future time period where Jesus will rule and reign physically on this earth for one thousand years. And brother, during those thousand years, Satan will be bound. He cannot tempt us. Yeah. Nobody will be able to say, ah, Satan made me do it. Right. He won't have his demonic horse. They are also cast away. There's no demons running around the planet. Man is left wow. in a new utopia with Jesus Christ. And isn't that, a, just the thought of that, Nathan, is so incredible. Sometimes I have to pinch myself and say, this is a reality, <laughs> right? It is. It's unlike anything we have today. I mean, there's all sorts of verses in the Bible that talk about how the animal kingdom yes. will be at peace with the human kingdom, where a child can play in the pit of vipers, not worry about getting bit, where the lions aren't eating people, they're eating straw, where the, the lamb is lying down next to the wolf and not worried about being eaten. Mm. It also talks about how the lifespan during that time period right. will be like the, like the trees, and if anyone dies in a hundred, they'll be considered a baby. It's where Jesus rules and reigns from Jerusalem. He'll have a millennial temple. Wow. It'll be a beautiful place. It'll be uh, rivers that flow out of Jerusalem, uh, down to the Dead Sea and over into the Mediterranean Sea. And the whole world are, are believers in Jesus Christ. And they will all annually stream into Jerusalem to celebrate. And uh, brother, it is going to be a fantastic time. The curse will be partially lifted so we don't have to worry about the, a lot of the suffering that we have today. It'll be a complete Absolutely, Nathan, and this is why we want to um, discredit this thinking that people have that when they die, they're just going to go to heaven and float on a cloud, and that's going to be the end of it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, uh, again, those who got saved during the tribulation and survived to the end of tribulation, they will go with Matthew 25, that is sheep go to judgment, where God, will, or Jesus particularly, will separate yes. those who survived the tribulation, the sheep from the goat. The goats are those who rejected Jesus, and they will be sent to Hades uh, to await final punishment. But the rest will live on into the millennial kingdom, and they'll have children, and they'll get to live throughout the thousand years. And we, brother, who have been raptured beforehand, will be there in our glorified bodies. That's right. And we will help Jesus rule and reign. The Bible promises in many places that we are to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we will rule and reign with him as teachers, executives, uh, mentors, uh, governors, uh, but we won't have to be lawmakers, because Jesus himself <laughs> will be the only lawmaker. Praise the Lord for that. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No more crazy laws coming out of the Supreme Court where they deny God's moral law. It'll be just God's moral law ruling the world. So Nathan, we're talking about a whole new age where it's just unmanageable, the beauty and the things that we'll be able to do in our glorified bodies. We'll be able to explore the universe and just so many, many more things that we're limited right now. And I know that's why sometimes people can feel frustrated with life because we are in a limited body and, and, we, and, and it has a lot of deficiencies. But the time is coming very soon where this body is going to be transformed. It's going to put on incorruptible, right Nathan? Exactly, as First Corinthians 15 tells us. Right now, it, it, you can compare it to the difference between being a baby in the womb to being outside the womb and fully grown. I mean, what yeah. a difference, a baby in the womb, all they 
see is darkness. They don't see people. They don't feel anything except the mother and hear her heartbeat. They, they don't know what's around. They can't do anything. But as adults, man, we can see, we can talk, we can uh, move about, uh, we can explore, we can learn. Those are things that we can do as adults. Well, that difference can be compared with our glorified bodies. When we are raptured up to heaven, we are given our glorified new bodies, and those bodies will be able to do things that our current bodies can't do. I mean, they'll be incorruptible, they won't perish, they'll be glorified, they'll be powerful, they'll, they won't be weak, they'll be strong, and maybe, since they are built as the in the image of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, Jesus ascended into heaven, maybe yes. we'll get to fly, uh, Jesus also appeared in the rooms, you know, and right. scared his apostles to death, maybe we'll be able to, <laughs> to go into the rooms and just, oh, there we are, and and I don't know, man, but we will have an incredible life ahead of us in our new glorified bodies. Bodies that are pure, Ooh. they're not sinful, we won't want to sin, and can stand before God himself and not get vaporized. That is, <laughs> and you know, Nathan, the millennium is where we can let our imagination wonder, right? This is a place where we can let just the imagination go because it's going to be so filled with fantastic things that it's just amazing. It is, it is, and that's just for a thousand years. I mean, we haven't got it to be eternal. Right. Wow, that's even more incredible. No, absolutely. And you know, Nathan, that's why I really love, because verse 3 there does serve us an encouragement. It says, again, uh, talking about uh, that he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut up uh, a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more. And that's what's happening right now, Nathan. There's a great deception in our nation, right? Oh, it is. Psalm 1 and 2 say that the whole world is at odds against Jesus Christ. They are in rebellion against Jesus Christ. And uh, that's because Satan is leading the charge. Yeah. He's a rallying point that people rally around. And uh, he's trying to lead a rebellion against God. And, but we see here how powerless Satan really is. When compared to Jesus Christ, Satan is a lightweight. Absolutely. And all that does is when Jesus is ready, he sends the angel down. They bind, uh, the angel binds Satan with a great chain, and they throw him in a pit for a thousand years. He's falling. It's a bottomless pit, so he's falling for a thousand years. Yeah. He can't do anything. And it shows how, even though Satan seems so powerful compared to us today, how weak he is compared to Jesus Christ. And that, man, that, that should give us hope, because it means yeah. that, that we are on the winning side, the powerful side, the side that has no option but to win because our leader is Jesus. Absolutely, and that's why Nathan and anyone watching or listening, we want to encourage you guys, uh, read through the, the, the book of Revelation, read the Bible, understand uh, biblical prophecy, because it's just very exciting when you get a picture of the whole story. We see how everything is going to come together, and, and, it, it, and that's why Nathan here in Revelation, uh, we, we talk about this incredible period, and then not only that, but verse 4 there also talks about our positions, right Nate? Yeah, give us a lot more detail about the uh, Millennial Kingdom. Do you want me to read out 4 through 6? Absolutely, that'll be awesome. All right, well, get ready. This is exciting stuff. <laughs> and I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived, and they reigned with fruit Christ for a thousand years. Mm. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part of the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of yeah. Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand Ooh. years. 
another incredible passage. So Nathan, here we're talking this talking about thrones. So I'm going to have to call you King Nathan. No, <laughs> not King, just Prince. Just <laughs> we'll, we'll all be princes. Uh, only Jesus Christ will be the king. That's but you're right. Here we're seeing thrones. In other words, thrones mean power. Now they're not the throne of God because we saw earlier in the beginning of Revelation that the right. throne of God is surrounded by 24 small thrones of the elders, uh, representatives of, of the believing remnant of people throughout human history, uh, possibly even the church, uh, possibly the 12 apostles and the 12 uh, yeah. original uh, tribes of Israel. We don't know who's on those thrones, but we do know here that these thrones in particular are for the martyrs of the, tri of the tribulation, for those who gave their life to Jesus Christ, who died for that faith, they refused to take Satan's mark of the beast on their hand, right hand or forehead. They were martyred for their faith, and they will be resurrected at the end of the tribulation, and they will be given glorified bodies, just like we have the rapture in the church, yes. and they will rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years over the earth, not only be thrones, which give them political power, but they also be priests of God. In other words, they are teachers of God as well. I love that, Nathan. And of course, Revelation uh, chapter 1, verse 6 also speaks about and that he has made us kings and priests uh, to his God uh, and our Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So you're right. It's positions, it's power. And I really love that because these individuals are going to risk and lose their lives, but they're going to gain that reward. And you think about it, these people are saved after the rapture. So we're talking about, let's say the rapture happens in our lifetime, and I really believe that it will. Yes. That we're talking about the people today who are angry against God, who are in rebellion against God, who might even be uh, some of the worst sinners that we can think of today. But after the rapture, due to the preaching of the two witnesses that we read about in Revelation 11, the 144,000 Jewish evangelists uh, seeing the rapture, seeing the judgment, they give their life to Jesus Christ. And look at that, man. They're rebelling against God now as we were before we got saved. Yeah. But then Jesus, in his mercy and graciousness, right. he gives us authority during the millennial kingdom to rule and reign in different parts of the earth during his reign, as well as to teach the new generation that will be born during that time about God. Mm. That is amazing. And that's and Nathan, that's another thing that people need to realize. There will be a huge amount of people uh, being born in the millennium, right? And they also have an opportunity to come to know the Lord as well. Yeah, exactly. Now, just like every other time period in human history, and this is where we get to the next section, section 7, is that humans will be sinners no matter what. Because that's right. In a glorified body, of course, because then nature is gone. So there will be children, I think the population of the earth will be massive. Some of estimated right. 20 billion people possible. I and mean, when you take away disease and sickness and death, the population will bloom exponentially. And the longevity of life, you're right. Oh yeah, and let's yeah. say only thousands make it in the millennial kingdom, but by the end of a thousand years with all the, the new sickness and all the reproduction, will, yeah, let's just say 20 billion, I'm just going to say right. 20 billion. <laughs> Those children who are born to these believers in Christ have to choose Jesus or not. Yes. They have to choose Jesus or not. And so God never has ended the process of salvation through each generation until that thousand years is over, of course. That very good point. And, and also, Nathan, I'm just going to throw this out there, of course, just um, 
or your thoughts as well. I know there's different teachings in terms of who's going to make it uh, into the millennium and if all the Gentiles are killed, who are these going to be? Uh, but nevertheless, we just know that there's going to be individuals that are going to survive the tribulation and they're going to make it into the millennium in natural bodies. Right. We know at least 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Right. They are protected by God through the tribulation. They will live on into the millennial kingdom and have children. Uh, we read about how uh, people from every tribe, tongue, and nation uh, right. come to Jesus as Savior, and surely they must survive the tribulation as well. I just don't think it's just the Jewish people that live right. into the millennial kingdom, I believe. Because it says, uh, uh, I'm sure that the reference escapes uh, me at the moment, but how one Jewish person will go by and ten people say, oh, you're a Jew, let me follow you. Yes. And that's a picture of the millennial kingdom. And that shows then that these other ten people aren't Jewish, but they are people who live in the Millennial Kingdom. Therefore, they will be, there will be Gentiles during the Millennial Kingdom as well. Excellent point. And, and we just know, Nathan, just, and it's just a clarify confusion because maybe someone out there is watching or listening to the New to Bible Prophecy and they're thinking, what do you mean? That, that people are going to be saved? They have to come to know the Lord? But I thought, you know, and then this way we can clarify the fact that there will be people in their natural bodies. Uh, uh, and they're going to be given an opportunity as well to repent. Yeah, it would be a fantastic time of salvation. Uh, they will come to know Jesus as Savior, and they'll get to go see Jesus up in Jerusalem. They'll be like us who right. put our faith in what we don't see, but they get to take their faith in what we do see. That's, that's awesome. And Nathan, that's why this is just a beautiful, one of the most exciting passages. Well, there's many exciting passages, but <laughs> one, of the, yeah. one of the cool ones is here as we talk about the millennium because it's going to be just a wonderful age. Unbelievable when you think about all the sickness and diseases and here on our planet right now, children that are born with some deformities, right? And, and that's hard for parents and also having to endure. But the time is going to come when so much of that is going to be done away with. Exactly. We're looking at a time of, man, it's just, I get so excited about the Millennial Kingdom because you see how corrupt our society is, how evil society is, how messed up we are as people, how the earth groans under yes. poor mismanagement, environmental mm. problems, how families are destroyed. We have messed it up completely. But right. during the Millennial Kingdom with Jesus the King ruling and reigning directly, Praise the Lord. Well, Nathan, and I'm looking that uh, we're running out of time in our first segment of the program. This has been very exciting. And, boy, it's, I feel like we're just touching on this subject matter. But hopefully we'll continue covering a little more on our second segment of our program. But, again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into to the Truth Who Set Me Free, Bible Prophecy, Radio, and Television Edition. Big Batista and Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Revelation chapter 20, regarding these mighty angels who have bound Satan for a thousand years. For those of you that are watching and listening, if you're in need of prayer, remember you can always get a hold of us. But if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, we pray that you will come to know the Lord. Even right now, as so we're going to give you an opportunity so that you will be able to enjoy all of the things that we're talking about. Because Nathan, truly, one can only enjoy what we're talking about if they know Christ personally. Amen. Uh, the only way that you have a hope for the future is if you accept it. That, that's it. I mean, otherwise you're lost. The Bible says you're dead. Yeah. You become spiritually alive. You have to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Ask Him to be your Savior, and you too can be saved from your sins, saved from hell, and you have a bright future in Jesus Christ. Mm. Praise the Lord. And Nathan, that's why we don't complicate things, but the Bible says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. 
that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So Nathan, someone can come to know the Lord right from where they are, right? Just by trusting in, in their heart that Jesus died and he rose from the dead and paid for their sins. Amen, brother. Amen. That's absolutely well, and well Nathan, I know we've come to the end of our first segment of the program and we thank you all for tuning in for the first segment of our program. And we pray that you can stay tuned in to the second segment of our program as Nathan Jones and myself will be right back after this quick break. The rest of you have a wonderful week. Remember, if we can pray for you, text us or call us 321-N-Time or 305-992-9537. The rest of you, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. Truth will set you free Bible prophecy TV radio edition. I am the Batista alone with Nathan Joseph. We're transmitting live from 102.3 FM, Truth FM TV, as well as Twitcasting.tv, TV, and our various networks. And it's great to be here with you for the second segment of our program as we're looking at Revelation chapter 20, talking about the mighty angel that has bound Satan for a thousand years. And of course, our lines will be open if you would like to text in with your questions or your comments or blog there on Twitcasting.tv. Feel free to do so. Our local number is 321-N-TIME or 305-992-9537. But before we continue on the second segment of our program, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us your word that we may understand, Lord, the hope that we have in your victory. Lord, thank you for Vic and all of Calvary Aperture and T-Wave group. Lord, we just pray that you bless our conversations, bless all those listening and may grow in our relationship with you in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuning to a Truth Set You Free television, radio edition. Dave Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Revelation chapter 20. Exciting passage. Well, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free ministry. You can find more information here on twave.tv. We also want to encourage you to make your way through our page here. There's a lot of wonderful information that we would love for you to take advantage of. And of course, we are always in need of prayer partners. If you would like to serve as a prayer partner, let us know. We'd love to connect you so you can intercede for our programs, our stations, and the guests here during the program. So we thank you for your prayers. And of course, we're very excited to continue on the second segment of today's program with Nathan Jones. But first, I would like to welcome him. Nathan, it's great to have you in the second segment of our program. Thank you, brother. It's a 
being on this uh, program every week is a great blessing to me. I always look forward to it. Uh, I'm excited to have you here. Nathan, again, just briefly, I always love for you to share a little bit regarding your ministry, at least your contact information. Uh, although we have a, reg a lot of regular listeners, but maybe someone is tuning in and they're new and give them more information about the wonderful things that God is doing with you guys. Well, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that through our television show called Christ and Prophecy. It airs on many networks. Through our website at lamblion.com through conferences, through videos and productions and pamphlets and yeah. magazines, the Lamplighter magazine and uh, e-newsletters, you name it, brother, we are trying to use every <laughs> technology out there to get the gospel out to people. Time is short, Jesus coming That's soon. Right. It's time for people to give their lives to Jesus Christ and be excited about what the future holds. Amen. Thank you so much, Nathan. For those of you that are watching us live, you have TWave.TV and our Tidcasting TV. You can check out that information there on the back screen. And the handsome young man there, that is Nathan Jones. So, uh, you know, that's him right there. But we would encourage you guys to check out the website, check out all the wonderful information, the wonderful resources. Uh, I'm always excited, Nathan, to see all the wonderful resources. I mean, there's some stuff that I'm still learning that you have up there, you know? Well, we have tons of articles, intelligence shows. Uh, Dr. Reagan is a... Uh a ministry producing machine. He's got yeah. 12 books there, Ooh. countless articles, videos and DVDs that he's produced over the last 30 years. A wealth of information. He's studied Bible prophecy for all his entire life and uh, I get the pleasure of being able to, to teach as well and uh, Lord, we just praise him for yeah. all the wonderful resources that we have that we can share with the world and get them excited about Jesus coming back and help them grow in their faith and understanding of our Lord. That's right. And, and I know this week has been a little bit of a heated week for you because you guys have, told, have touched on a subject matter uh, that seems to have ruffled some feathers. Well, we are in the, the two-year cycle of what's called the blood moon. I see you smiling there, so I know you said <laughs> a, a lot of heat. But, uh, yeah, uh, no, the, the blood moon topic is, is a, a blood moon is a lunar eclipse and the, the light bends around the earth, it gives it a reddish hue, so the moon looks like it's a blood. And there, people look back at Joel 2 and see some of the signs of Jesus right. coming back involve the, the sun darkening and the moon turning the blood. And they say, oh, well, this lunar eclipse, that must be the return of Jesus Christ. And since one is happening in September, people are saying, oh, well, there we go. Uh, right. Jesus is coming back in September. So we produced the Christ Prophecy episode that pretty much debunks that idea that this, what Joel's talking about, might be an astronomical sign, but it's certainly not a sign that Jesus Christ is coming back in September. And again, another another group of people trying to, not date set per se, but there is a lot of date settings. We have a fantastical, sensational insider Bible prophecy where they get hope in extra biblical things and not the word of Jesus Christ. Yeah. We get, brother, yeah. Yeah. you stay in the Bible, you read God's word, you can get excited. You don't need extra biblical prophecies to get excited about. Nathan, of course, and you know I was messing with you a little bit because I'm actually teaching through Joel 2 and 3 right now, so I'm in the same boat as you are. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right, Nathan. There's no need to get into the whole sensationalism type of teaching thing. Just teach the word. Let Bible prophecy unfold itself through the pages of other scriptures to be able to back up scriptures. And it's so much uh, easier to teach it that way. Right, Nathan? It is. You know, let the Bible teach itself. Uh, don't try to find extra biblical dates. Don't date set and say, oh, Jesus is coming. This day in Jesus in Matthew 24 clearly said 
two right. times that we cannot know the time of his return. Yes. You know, we need to stick with what the Bible says. You know, don't get excited about there's certainly signs of the end times that Jesus gave us that point to a soon return. Right. But that doesn't mean then that we have to look for extra biblical things like Absolutely. Nephilim and, and conspiracy theories right. and, and uh, survivalists and, and all this stuff, the extra biblical side of Bible prophecy that people get really hung up on. Yeah. Get hung up on what the Bible teaches us. There's a lot there. And it gives us hope as we've been reading. Absolutely. And Nathan, of course, the thing is, when it, like you've been saying, like we've been saying, when you really look at what the Bible is talking about, Joel and the blood moves, I mean, primarily, this is something that is occurring in the time of the tribulation. And we don't believe we're going to be here for any of that. Now, the rapture of the church will take uh, the church, those who believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, off this planet before the seven-year tribulation hits. Clearly, the, the signs that Joel is talking about are signs for the end of the tribulation. Exactly. This Jesus yeah. Christ's second coming. And uh, as we've been studying through Revelation, especially pointing to the angels of Revelation, and God to Revelation 20, we are now past that blood moon yeah. supposed sign because you need the sun to create a, a shadow from the earth onto the moon to create a lunar eclipse. And when we read it from Gerald, even the sun is darkened. So clearly this blood moon thing in September isn't a real... It's not a real sign. It's just something people are putting their hope in, and I'm afraid your hope is just going to be dashed. That's right. So, Nathan, that's why we see things beginning to unfold. Yes, we see signs of the times. We see a lot of things happening right before our eyes. But we also believe that we're focusing really more uh, on the hope that is before us. And as we look in at Revelation chapter 20, you and I have been talking about, man, there's a lot of other things to look forward to and to get excited about, right? It is, it is. Uh, there's one verse, the verse I was trying to uh, find in the first segment. I now have the reference, Zechariah 8.23. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from all the nations will grasp the garment of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. So, brother, we're talking about the millennial kingdom, a time period where Jesus is ruling, reigning right on this earth, and then all the nations will be believers in Jesus Christ. And the Jewish people that live during that time, they will be a priestly nation. And it says, 10 men from all the nations will grasp the garment and say, hey, take us with you. We want to see Jesus Christ. And so we're in an exciting section of Bible prophecy right now with that Revelation 20. Super, super exciting. Nathan, and I know maybe someone just tuned in for the first time. And would you be able to recap for us some of the verses that we already talked about before we move forward in Revelation 20? Well, we've been introduced to two angels. One is an angel that comes from heaven. He's got a key to the abyss as a great pit, a holding place for the, uh, many of the demonic world right now. He's got a great chain in his hand now. Jesus has returned. He's defeated the Antichrist and false prophet. Yeah. And now he's going to send Satan into this bottomless pit. He's binding him. This angel wraps him in this chain, chucks him into this pit. Satan's fallen for a thousand years and says that he can no longer deceive the nation. And so for a thousand years, those people who have survived the tribulation and to Jesus the Savior, they will live on into the millennial kingdom, and uh, they will have children, and they'll repopulate the planet, and the planet will be like a paradise, like a utopia again, and uh, those yes. who are in resurrected bodies, brother, that's you and me, and Amen. those who Woo. didn't accept the mark of the beast during the tribulation, the tribulation saints, they have been resurrected at the end of the tribulation, and we all get to rule and reign with Jesus Christ, and the Jewish people get to be a priestly people for God throughout that time. That is super exciting. And Nathan, and that is the good news that we were sharing earlier. And of course, we do know, like you mentioned, a number of times we see the reference to a thousand literal 
years. In Second Peter, also Jesus, uh, in him in writing, he says that one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. But here we see literal references, and then after that thousand year is over, beginning here in Revelation uh, chapter twenty, we see a different scene beginning to unfold. Can you take us there, Nathan? Yes, God's redemptive plan isn't done yet. Uh, Satan isn't done on the scene, but he's just about to be. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead and read uh, 7 through 10? Definitely. Okay. Well, when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they come up on the broad plain of the earth and surround the camp of the saints in the beloved city. And in fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Wow. So, Nathan, this is, a, again, another, uh, I mean, to some, it might be sound like a bummer, like, oh, man, we had a, <laughs> we had a, a nice thing going here. Why? <laughs> Why did he have to do this, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if God already defeated Satan, why in the world would we release him? And there's, there's obviously, the, the context, doesn't, context doesn't say, but we can theorize, and that's because the heart of man is yes. wickedly evil. And even though mankind, they, now these are not those who survived the tribulation, these are their children, and their children will live in a paradise. They'll get to see Jesus Christ face to face. Yeah. But inwardly, the sin nature will gnaw at them. Yes. They will want to do the things that please the flesh. You know, they want to have a illicit sex. They want to have drugs. You know, they, mm-hmm. they want to do their own, they want to lie. They want to do their own thing. They want to rebel against Jesus. And it says that Jesus rules and reigns the millennial kingdom with a rod of iron. In right. other words, is that there are no lawyers, there's no appeal processes. God knows the human heart. He's omnipotent and omniscient. And so he knows everything. And he knows whether the people have done evil or good. And he will punish depending yeah. on his righteous law. And these people who want to live by the sin nature will hate Jesus for it. They mm-hmm. might be smiling and going up every year to the celebration of, of Jesus up in uh, the New Jerusalem, of the, the Jerusalem there, not the New Jerusalem yet. And they will hate him for it. And so it's believed that when Satan's released, he is a rallying point for the people who want to rebel against Jesus. They, they're not equipped. They live in a paradise. They don't know war. They, they don't know how to fight. And so they turn to Satan to lead them, and they think they can overthrow Jesus Christ. Mm. Nathan, and you know, you made a very good point, and it's the intent of the heart. So no one can say, hey, Satan made me do it, right? Because it seems today that's the thing. We're always blaming the devil. But here's a situation where he's bound, his demons are bound, and yet we find rebellion in the heart of the people. Right. It is the sad, woeful condition of man that we are simply rebellious against God. I and mean, that's what sin is. It's, it's not a tangible thing. It's a heart attitude. Yes. It's a desire to rebel against God's perfect law. And when we sin, when we rebel against God's law, we call it a perfect law for a reason because it perfectly protects us. It's what's best for us. It's what's yeah. right for us. And when we sin, we're doing what's not right for us. We're doing what hurts us and what hurts other people. And God doesn't want to see us hurt. Unfortunately, Satan could care less. He wants right. the throne of God. And he thinks that he can gather up all these billions of people that will rebel against Jesus Christ and follow him and that he might overthrow Jesus Christ. But look, uh, amazingly, all of a sudden, they surround the saints in the beloved city. In other words, the, those believers in Jesus Christ are right. in Jerusalem the beloved city, and, and Jesus, he doesn't send us out as an army, you know, he doesn't send the angels to fight them, nothing, he says, 
fire came down from God, from God himself, out of heaven and devoured them. Ta-da! It's done. It's over. You know, it, it, there's no war there. There's no fighting. God himself just burns them up. And, right. and it shows you, again, that we are on the winning side. Because Jesus is all-powerful. And faith is very weak in comparison. And it, it is very, and it's just exactly in the second coming when the Lord comes down to fight against all the nations gathered there in that place of Armageddon. It's the same thing. He does all the fighting. We're simply watching observers. Exactly, exactly. When the armies uh, follow Jesus, the angelic armies and the saints, you and me, brother, riding white horses, right. white robes following Jesus, it's not like that we're picking up swords and fighting the enemy. It's Jesus who just speaks and the, the enemy falls apart. Here again. The armies surround Jerusalem just like they did a thousand years earlier. Mm. But Jesus, fire comes down, they're devoured. And Nathan, this is why also anyone watching and listening, it's so important that we have a genuine relationship with God, a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, that we're not doing it for anybody else. If deep down in our hearts we have not trusted in Christ and are following Him for ourselves, sooner or later that relationship is going to fall apart. When difficulty comes and trials come, right, Nathan? Uh, people are going to fall by the wayside. So it's very important for everyone, like someone said, that God doesn't have any grandchildren. In other words, every one of yeah. us has to come to the Lord, right, Nate? Well, that is well said. You're right. Our faith cannot be the, the faith that gets our children saved. Each of us, as a human being, has to decide for Jesus or not. I mean, all of life boils down to that decision. Yes. Choose Jesus, do not choose Jesus. Those are the only two options. That sets us onto two different roads. The choose Jesus saves us from the path we're already on, hell, and gives us life and hope in heaven. Those who reject Jesus continue to face what we'll read in the next section, the great white throne judgment. Mm. And Nathan, of course, here in Revelation chapter 20, we see again an army that is being mustered up as Satan once again goes out to deceive the nations. And, and this is an army that's going into the, into the billions of rebellious people, right? Because of the age and the growth of population in the time of the millennium. Right, right. The millennial kingdom is defined by no sickness. And so the lifespan of human beings goes up dramatically. It's like pre-flood times. You know, when yeah. you read the flood age and you're like, Methuselah is almost a thousand years old. How can that be? Right. Well, something about the atmosphere or the a plant life or something keeps humanity living much longer than the, the simple 70 plus years we have on this earth. Absolutely. And so during that time, children will be born to the tribulation phase who survive the tribulation. And they will live hundreds of years. Yeah. But when it comes to the end, the population of the earth could possibly be near 20 billion or so. I mean, it's amazing to think about. And yet, so, so sad that so many of them yeah. rebel against God's turn. I mean, it really shows it's tragic, the wickedness of the human heart. And Nathan, that's why this is just an unbelievable thing because we see that issue uh, is the heart uh, of the man. I heard a story, I think it was about a school child that the teacher told him to sit and he says, okay, I'll sit, but inside I'm really standing, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that's so true. That's how we, we do things. I mean, how many times do you know, we want to see a sign and stay off the grass? Right. <laughs> Get on the grass, yeah. you know? You see, you see the speed limit 50. Well, I can go 55. You know, and those are the little sins, and constantly, and our, our hearts and minds betray us, yeah. doing and thinking things that we don't want to do. And praise the Lord, when we get these glorified bodies, Amen. the sin nature that we inherited from Adam will be killed, and we won't desire to rebel in our hearts anymore. Yes. But even in a perfect utopian society that the millennial kingdom is, mankind 
can't handle it, and they will try to destroy it. Just as today we are seeing yeah. so many people trying to tear down the very fabric that makes our society great, they want to destroy. It's just something about the rebellious nature that wants anarchy. It wants to destroy all that is good. And in the Millennial Kingdom, it will be no different. Nathan, and of course, here we also are introduced to another battle, another war that cannot be confused with a previous war that we believe can happen even in our time. Can you talk to us a, lot, a little bit about this God war? Oh, exactly. That's a very good point. Ezekiel 38 39 talks about a end time war. It's called the War of God and Magog. It's where Russia and a series of Islamic nations that are Islamic today, uh, like Iran, Turkey, uh, Libya, uh, they all join together to try to destroy Israel. And God steps into human history. He destroys them with the typical fire, brimstone, earthquake, turning the armies against each other. And it sets Israel up as a superpower. So we're getting close to the time period where Israel as a nation will no longer be this tiny, weak little nation, but will be a rival superpower in the world. Russia will lose its strength. Islamic world will lose its strength. If not, have Islam go to all together. But then we've got a reference here to another God of Magog, where I'll call it the second war of God of Magog. It's similar to the first, except instead of the, a few nations attacking Israel, we're talking about the nations that are on the four corners of the earth. In other words, yeah. it comprises all the new nations. Now, those nations, what they are, they don't exist yet. We know Israel will exist during the Millennial Kingdom. We know uh, Syria will exist. We know Egypt will exist during the Millennial Kingdom. Russia will exist during the Millennial Absolutely. Kingdom. But the Bible doesn't name any other nations. And in this war, Satan will lead the people who wish to rebel against God from all these different nations, and they'll march against Jerusalem, they'll surround Jerusalem, It'll be look like that's it, you know. It's that yeah. um, television show, right? The bomb's gonna blow one <laughs> second. You know, Satan's gonna win here. Boom! Fire comes down. They're all devoured. It's Satan is thrown into the lake of fire, which is hell, where the antichrist and false prophet are already there, and they're to be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Now, there's a reference here to the foreverness of hell. Yes. For some people, I don't, I don't want to get into whether hell is forever for everybody, but we know for sure Satan the false prophet, the Antichrist, and his demons mm -hmm. will be in torment there forever and ever. And what justice is that for someone so incomprehensibly evil as they Right. Nathan, and, and, and that's also a very good point because we need to recognize that just as heaven is real, so is hell real. And we oftentimes say here, the Bible tells us that it was made for Satan, the devil, and, and his demons, and his angels. But anyone who rejects Jesus Christ they're making that choice to end up in that awful place. Exactly. Uh, you know, we read John 3.16 so many times, but we don't always read John 3. Uh, yeah, 18 through the end there, exactly. Yeah, I'm just pulling it up here. That those who reject the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. So we've got here how Jesus Christ died for our sins because he loves us. But when we don't accept that love, when we reject that love, then we too will fall under the wrath of God. And we don't want to be under the wrath of God. Uh, uh, 336, there we go. He who right. believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. The only way, brother, to get the wrath of God off you 
is to have Jesus Christ step in and take that wrath upon himself. That's right. And that's by faith, believing him as our Savior. Ooh, praise the Lord. So Nathan, we, we find here again in Revelation chapter 20, there is a reality. There is a joy. There is a peace. There's a wonderful things prepared for us in the millennium. But then afterwards, we see that the final cleanup, right? And that final cleanup here is the better news because we know that evil is going to end forever. Right, that's it. We've been talking about angels throughout this series, but there are also demons, which are angels as well, fallen angels, right. the devil and all his demons, and, and they're gone. Matter of fact, we get into the, the next section, if you want to get briefly, yes, we're also talking about all those who are rebellion against God, God is gone. Verse 11 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him, God, who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. The books were open, and one yeah. another book was open, which is the book of life. Mm-hmm. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his work. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Yeah. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into Ooh. the lake of fire. Wow. And I know that's a scary picture, but it's only scary for those, again, like it's, like you, you close there, Nathan, those whose names are not written in the book of life. So, Nathan, how can someone who's watching or listening get their name in that book of life? Well, there's two books of life. You're born into the book of life. If you're alive, you're born in there. Yes. But there's also the Lamb's book of life. That's the other book. The Lamb's book of life is written all those who've given their lives to Jesus Christ, who've accepted Him as Savior who believes in their heart that Jesus died for their sins, he's the Son of God, and that he is our Savior. They give their lives to him. And so when we get to time the final judgment, now this is judgment, this is a resurrection, a second resurrection, and it's a resurrection of those I'll call the unjust, those yes. who have rejected God. And then God opens the book says, hey, you're going to be judged by your works, uh, but there's one work you're missing, the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You did not accept that. And therefore, the sentence of hell still is over you. That that wrath of God, as we read in John three thirty six, is still over you. And without that, then you must pay the penalty, and that is hell. So we see that death itself, uh, and Hades, which is the holding place of those who have rejected Jesus, are then sent to the lake of fire, which is hell. And it's a second death. So they died. They went to Hades, the holding place. They're resurrected. They're judged, and then they're sent to the second death. Mm. which is the lake of fire. And brother, that is God's final victory. It is final right. victory over sin, over rebellion, Whoa. over death, over suffering, over sorrow. It is final victory for Jesus Christ. And, that, you know, Nathan, and that's why we, we believe that this is so much good news because a lot of times people read this passage and, and, and they think it's fearful. Oh, not for a believer. We have nothing to worry about because our lives are in the Lord's hands if we place our trust in Him. So really, we're just reading here uh, the deserved end to all the wickedness in, in the world. Yeah, I mean, don't we want the mass murderers right. to be punished? Don't we want the child monsters, the liars, the thieves, yes. the, the crooks? And we were all that once until Jesus Christ saved us, yes. cleansed us, and made us pure. But as long as they have that rejection of God, their sins are still unforgiven. Therefore, the punishment for those sins still hangs over them. Yes. As long as they haven't accepted Jesus, they will face the second death, which is hell. Wow. Nathan, what a great way to close our second segment of our program. Again, we want to leave a word of encouragement 
for those of you that are watching and those of you that are listening. Listen, God has some wonderful things in store for you, and it begins in a relationship with Him. Even if our second segment of our program is pretty much over, our lights will remain open. You're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition with Vic Batista and Nathan Joseph. We're looking at Revelation chapter 20, talking about these mighty angels and the work that they are doing. And again, if you're in need of prayer, reach out to us, 305-992-9537 or 321-N-TIME. We would love to pray for you. Nathan Jones, we're run out of time. And it's, oh, it's, 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 just, it's just wonderful to have you, uh, you know, opening up our scriptures to this. But people cannot get bummed out, Nathan, because we will be back again. Same bad time, same bad channel, right? <laughs> Amen, man. So, Nathan, thank you so much for joining us for the second segment of our program, and thank you all for tuning in. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week, and have a great day. Thank you, Nathan Jones.